Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 329 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I talk to Nathan Fouts of Mommy's Best Games about their shmup Shoot One Up DX. I really like this game. It does strange things, it goes to strange places, but it's still ultimately a shmup, which I am a big fan of that particular genre, despite the fact that I'm not very good at playing them. That's... um. It's a bit of a strange one. That I do try to get better, and I do eventually when I keep bashing my head against the wall. I think the worst experience I had with a shmup, and it's not this game. It is not Shoot One Up DX. What I'm about to talk about is a game called Project X, which I bought brand new way back in 1991 or 92. It was yeah a long, long time ago, and it was just. Terrible! Mainly because it looked very pretty, but it was an unplayable mess. It was just diabolically difficult and just all round bad. But anyway, enough of me ranting about a terrible game. Let's hear me talking to Nathan about an awesome game. That is Shoot One Up DX. So, Chris, from the past, if you'd be so kind, thank you. Nathan. Hi. Who are you and what do you do? Hey everybody, I'm Nathan Fouts. I run Mommy's Best Games. And I'm an indie developer from about 2007. And right now we just released Shoot One Up DX. And we are prepping Explosion A DX for all consoles. Yes, exciting things. We're going to delve into Shoot One Up DX imminently but before we do we need to find out about you nathan who you are where you come from and that kind of stuff so 
how did you make your start making flashy lighty video games? Oh, uh, flashy lighties. Um, <laughs> I was in college and I thought for sure I was going to do academic uh, physics somehow as a job. And I was a little fuzzy on if the Fermi lab was going to hire me or not. <laughs> but one of the prerequisites was computer science. And I started doing it and I was terrible at it. And for about half a semester, I think I was getting a C. And then finally, they had us to have to code a video game. But it wasn't a video game. It was a box-moving simulation. And I'm, when I say box, I'm sorry. I mean like bitmap graphics that you had to code by hand, like make it raster out the graphics. And by the end of it, I had like 200 lines of code or 200, like 200 pages of code. And no one else had anything like that because I was doing a terrible job. But then it suddenly clicked that I was actually making a video game. And that was back in 94. And then I made a, three or four more games in college. And then I actually took those games and I showed those games to Running With Scissors, the creators of Postal. And uh, by that point, I was making games with actual bitmap, like sprite graphics. But I had to hand code it in Pascal. And... Um, the owner of the company basically just played one of my crazy games. The one he was playing was called Death Ball Incarnate. <laughs> that got uh, that's actually out on Abandonware. If you, anybody wants to play it, it's pretty fun. Um, and he just kind of looked at me and he said, "Did you make all this?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Okay, you're hired." Because like, <laughs> at that point, if you hand coded everything and made yeah, everything, yeah. you yeah. had to have known what you were doing, and the frame rate was good, and everything. He was like, "All right, this is pretty good." Like, there was no internet to cheat from, really. Not so. Not, um, not. yeah, yeah, ninety four. So, um, yeah, it was pretty. Or that was actually after, but by that point, I had made a bunch of games. It was like my first job in the industry was ninety eight. So ninety seven, mm -hmm. ninety eight. Um, and that well, was auspicious uh, year because that's Half Life year, isn't it? Yeah, that ninety eight is well known as that year that. Just everything dropped, didn't it? Like you had Baldur's Gate, big. and and yeah, everything just suddenly went. Oh, yeah, yeah really. wow, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I started in '98, uh, and um, I worked at Running with Scissors for a while. I actually worked at a company called In Space, the letter N, and um, I worked on a failed Duke Nukem project. And I went back to Running with Scissors, and we actually created and shipped Postal Two at that point. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went to Insomniac Games and uh, worked on the launch title Resistance Fall of Man. Oh, I like that one. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I, I was the designer. One. I was one of the lead designers on the weapons and the programmer yeah. for the weapons. The cool auger gun was mine that burrows through walls, and you have that shield and everything that, you know, and the heat, the, the, the seeking hybrid um, alien gun. So, yeah. yeah, I did the weapons on that. that Fascinating series of games, though. People, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and I did. Um, I worked on a ratchet, couple of ratchet and clank games, and at that point, I was in the industry for ten years, and I was kind of getting burned out. Um, and I just knew before I got too burned out, I wanted to make. Okay, I know this is gonna sound crazy, because everyone's doing this now, but this was uh, 2007, and around Geometry Wars 2008 had just come out, and so I was just like, man. I can't believe they're making a shooter. I really want to make a shooter. You know what I mean? I want to make my own games. Yeah, yeah. I really did. And, like, no one was doing that. And Geometry was the only game on the dashboard on the Xbox 360. It was crazy. Yeah. So, and yeah. then I heard that it earned, like, $2 million. Yeah. And I was like, that was 2007. I was just like, I think I can do it. 
I yeah. think I can do it. You know what I mean? I talked yeah. to my wife, and so we invested some money and actually quit Insomniac Games, which was insane. Yeah. Because we were making a ton of money there. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, they were yeah. making a ton of money. They're great. They still are. I mean, they're still making much in tank. It's about to arrive, you know. So If you're a developer yeah. and you can go work there, you should just go work there. They're an awesome yeah, yeah. company. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then finally I split off, and I actually made my first run-and-gun Contra game called Weapon of Choice. And um, people called it Contra on Acid. <laughs> like, it's a really trippy, um, really cool game. And one of the things that, that I do at Mommy's Best Games for my own games is I make I make 2D action games that can get played by old people like me. Right. So right. they're made to be they're made to be, they're super fun. They're not like gimmicky mobile games where you play a little, you know they're nothing like that. Like you mm. don't play little level tabs and they don't feel like that. They feel like a contra game, but it caters to being old. So um, <laughs> you can play them hard, like they can be hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. There's all kinds of stuff in them, like gameplay speed adjustments, and uh, they're just built for your time. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, the whole the whole yeah. brain to thumb thing is de- depletes as as things go on. I often tell this story about you know, could you press the button? And the thumb's going. What button? The one you're resting on. Well, that's one. Yeah, could you press it? What what, what button? The, the one you're resting on. Oh, this one. What do you, what do you press it now? Oh well. yeah, exactly. And it just goes on like this, and then eventually you go yeah. there. You go. <sighs> uh, yeah. So it's yeah, like it a bit a of a. It does take a while as the older you get. So thank you for that because it makes your no games problem. more entertaining rather than sitting there going, "I'm just going to rage them. quit now because I can't." Yeah. I can't and, get and the other thing is, around that time, say 2009, I can't remember exactly. I think I played the second Assassin's Creed. Right. And honest to goodness, there's some I've never played this game since. There's some sequence where you're in this tutorial virtualization world yes. for like it felt like an hour and a half. Yes. And it was talking to you on and on and it was telling you like we were just joking about this. It was just like walk to walk, use the left stick. <laughs> when you walk, you'll walk. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's yes. like it's like Oh my gosh, why am I doing a tutorial for an hour and a half? And so none of my games have that. They don't need that. So we always make sure that there's a fun new game thing in the game that's going to surprise you. Right. But also you'll be able to get into the game like immediately. Mm. So. So 2007, you're right. Everything changed. The Steam arrived. Well, arrived. It got you know even more bigger than it took was. Took over the world. Took over yeah. the world. And then you had you know Xbox Live Arcade and Indie Arcade and. And then Sony just started chipping in with PSN, and then suddenly, you know, the barriers of entry for making your own stuff suddenly start to fall away. And then the tools became even more simple, and the high-level languages took over as opposed to low-level assembly stuff, which I don't think you touched on that so much, but that was the, the thing back in the 80s. That's all we. I did do. assembly yeah. for a while too. Oh, there I you mean, go. Like, so you yeah, can relate to that. It. Yeah. it was insane. <laughs> It is, um, yeah. Not, Changing you know, memory addresses, that's it. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. we studied that. I mean, I did some of that, and it was pretty crazy. Yeah, um, yeah but, it's very abstract. Very, very abstract. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty happy now. Honestly, like, I'm actually more of an artist than a programmer. Hmm. I just happened hmm. to find out that I could make more money as a programmer. <laughs> so when I got a job in the industry, I was just doing programming, but I actually yeah. like art more. And so the, the fact that now things are a lot of drag and drop and WYSIWYG and stuff like that, it's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not going to take that away from you or anyone else. 
So, next question. It's a bit nebulous, this one, but it's one that I think it would be easier for you to answer than others, maybe. I don't know. But I have to ask you this, for you are a creator of things. So, the question is this. What are your biggest influences? Mm. <clears throat> so, I dig around in just about everything that I can. Um, I like classical art and um, oil paintings a lot. And so, I just, I've got a bunch of different books on the classic arts and like so Caravaggio is one of my favorites he does this really deep kind of shadow thing so I like him for art um uh there's a bunch of guys from the 70s I'm super into um like Roger Dean oh yes um yes, there's a slightly more covers. love Roger yeah. Dean there's yeah, a slightly yeah. more obscure guy named Patrick Woodruff who's okay. also British mm -hmm. and he does these really detailed but freaky like nature animal designs and he was from the 70s as well he's great I'm um, obviously like Brahm and you know the, the, those those kind of those kind of fantasy painters, um, Frazetta. Mm. Um, I also like movies. I don't want to go Hideo Kojima crazy about movies, but you know what I mean. But uh, I like movies because they focus the viewer, so the viewer like they they control what the viewer sees. And so it's kind of interesting because in a game you don't get to control that. So I like I like watching movies and just seeing like how they frame things and camera work and stuff like that because you can kind of use that in games. Um, but um, I also like a bunch of music. I'm just I don't know. I'm still nuts about the '70s. Maybe because I was born then. I don't know. Whatever. But like Black Sabbath, you know, rules and um, uh, just a bunch of metal stuff like Megadeth and um, Iron Maiden and things like that. I couldn't deal with the prog rock. I still can't do it. I just can't. It's just name me some prog. I'm always fuzzy. I think I actually like prog rock, but tell me some prog rock. What what's that mean to you? Yes, I can't. I am literally listening to the Yes album. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I like, but yeah. Look, I'll, I'll just yeah. It's just There's, can't. So I can't. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: Do you like Rush? No. Ah, See? I I didn't like Rush. Yeah, in, you know, a while ago, but mm. I started to get into them. Interesting. I, I, yeah. I tell you what, I, yeah. I, I tell you what. Maybe it's something about this, but when I draw, right. I sort of like trance out to it. Yes, when I'm working, and I love sort of trance, and so I just have to have that kind of. I can't have something that's too stimulus, like stimulating, because yeah. then yeah. you get distracted for what you're doing. So I have to. Have, yeah, and you're right, um, but I can't. Yeah, I, I tell mean, you. I tell you what. You know, I'm drawing a bunch of fantasy art right now for my next next game, nice. and I'm listening to um, Uriah Heep and a bunch of Rush, and man, they sing about like wizards and kings yeah. and stuff yeah, like that all the go. time, and it is the fruitiest yeah. stuff. It is, but yeah. I'm just like imagining I'm there. Yeah, so I'm yeah. really into it right so now. So I can see um, that context, but on its yeah. own in isolation, like no, probably. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I go, I go there, but then I also love, like, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I love old um, Nine Inch Nails, but I also really love the Fragile. That album was incredible that he did. Okay. Um, so okay. since then, he's gotten to, like, I would call it ambient. His music's too ambient. Like, but I really liked his core stuff there. So yeah. um, all that. You know, there's been some really good stuff in there that he did, and uh, yeah, I prefer the discordant stuff than the ambient. But anyway. yeah, the ambient's too ambient. It's just yeah. like falling asleep or something. Or it if sounds I like sound that, it would be a fixed twin. Thank you very much. But anyway, yeah, 
<laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously a ton of games. I was just oh, going to go okay. outside of games, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I'm really inspired by nature, honestly. I take right. walks a lot and yeah. run and, um, hike and stuff. And, um, I just, uh, I have this massive reference art folder that is categorized by like nature, environments, stuff like that. And so I just see things on there and, um, try to, try to put mm-hmm. things in there. I always, I, I, Personally, I always try to make sure when you're playing one of my games, you're getting some new stuff. I'd say new. I'd just say, like, new contextually. So, like, I just hate – I feel like we're devouring ourselves. We're in a feedback loop on a lot of indie games, which is fine. Like, there's a lot of creators, right? There's just, like, tons of creators. Yeah. And we're we're sort of – dividing down dividing our stuff and so we're getting less sort of inspiration and context we just keep like cross-referencing things and it's our, our space is getting tighter and tighter in terms of like oh it's it's like you know it's like our type and or you know it's whatever and then but then you didn't put in our type had outside inspiration in it so our type was pulling from geiger right like the oh, art yes. style was Massively, the art style yeah. was something it you know what I mean? Bonkers. Like it's what drew it you some... to the well, many things were you drew yeah, to the game. Yeah, and there was another crazy game on like the Amiga called like Blood Money, and oh, like, yeah. it, right, and like the yeah. octopuses, and like it just it was going outside games, yeah. and I feel like now we're kind of reductionist, where because games are slightly flourishing into its own medium, we suddenly cross reference, and it's sort of like uh, downgrading an image, you're losing data. You know what I mean? And so we're not mm. pulling in enough exterior uh, inspiration. Yes, yes, yes. So I just call for that. Like, you know, <clears throat> I just say whenever you do that, it doesn't have to be brand new. I mean, no one can do that. Like, it's, you know, no. brand new is really hard. So just pull in, <clears throat> go for something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something interesting. So yeah. I've seen some new shoot ups and stuff that are, I just call them exercises in development. I, I just don't think they're inspired, you know, and I'm not going to mm. call anybody out. It's fine to make things, you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, I just, yeah. when I play a shoot 'em up, I just want something interesting. So understood. understood. Yeah. So speaking of people making things, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be Treasure. You know, yeah. the, the, the team. Guardian like, Heroes. Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. Damn. Exactly, and the Contra Hardcore is one of my favorite games ever. So, um, I would say that team, that sort of group, loose team that went through Contra Hardcore and then turned into Treasure. I'm blanking on the main guy's name, the M mm-hmm. name or whatever. I can't think of his name, but I just know that team. I can just know when I see it, and I love. It. And they just really inspired me yeah. to just make freaky, crazy stuff. Um, I just love. The the energy and the lunacy in Contra Hardcore, where it's just like when you play it, the game speed is breakneck, but also there's just something wacky every minute. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? They just keep throwing in crazy things, and they were just doing stuff. It felt like more than a playable tech demo, but it felt mm-hmm. like tech demo stuff with a game. You know what I mean? They're just they're just going nuts, and so they really inspire me. Um, but like contemporary developers. Uh, like the Ori and the Blind Forest team, um, the art's beautiful. I think the um, the uh, un what was that? Unruly Heroes. They had gorgeous art in there too. 
Like it was a nice little four player side scrolling right. game. Okay. Um in terms of design, there's this one guy that did I wanna call it something weird like I'm gonna butcher it. It's a puzzle game, but it was like a sausage puzzle game where oh. you roll little Steven Sausage Roll? Is that it? Yeah, so get yeah. this. I never actually played it. Okay. I was just good. inspired by good. how tight the design was conceptually. Yeah. I was just like, wow. That's it's really... up there with threes. <laughs> there you go. You know? You go. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and then one of my all time favorite games is Robotron 2084. Oh, God. Um, wow. Yes. I mean, I just, I, I'm really good at it, but also just love it. And what mm-hmm. I love about it is the chess like quality of how all the enemies kind of point. They're not, they don't overlap. They've got no. this weird structure Very, that builds together. So really like wonderful that. lesson of risk reward as well. Should I go for the kid? Should I go for the oh. kid? Should I? It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, the, and they're just <laughs> like hammering the corner with bullets. Yeah. And they're like one little guy walking around. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I'm like gonna... one bullet just pulls really hard yeah. and nails you. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's just not yeah. worth it. It's only a thousand points. Doesn't matter. Just do it. Doesn't matter. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. But, so anyway. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So design what designers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah. I also really like Technosoft. Um, the Thunder Force series is one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, let's see. There's a new guy too. Um, another guy I liked. Oh, what was his game? He's making. He made um, Blazing Chrome. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Danilo. Um, I want to call him uh, Joy Masher. That's the name he goes by. Okay. He's a contemporary um, indie guy, and I like his work, too. I'm going to check that out. I might get him on the show. Right. Yeah, Blazing Chrome. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of like a combo, like a little bit of Contra 3, a little bit of Contra Hardcore. Um, it's got a, he's got kind of a muted color palette, but it's cool. It's yeah. good work. Last question, the first half. See, well done, Nathan. You made it. Almost there. <laughs> Is this, and it's a question I love to ask developers because it gets an inkling of what gets them distracted while they're making their stuff. And it is, what is it you're playing right now? I'm playing uh, the PS4 Arcade Archives release of Cybattler. Cybattler, it's a really weird... Um, oh, Toa Plan, I think, released it. Love Toa Plan. And um, it's a top-down view, and you play this little mech dude, but he... Um, it's crazy. It was in the arcade, and he can do eight-way shooting and movement. Yeah. And you've got a sword... It's weirdly forgiving. Yeah. It's weirdly forgiving. It's not brutal. Um, I've been playing on the PS4, just you know, just kind of zoning out occasionally. Wow. I'm also playing um, Bloodstained 2, Curse of the Moon. Um, or right. C- Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that team is incredible. I think the design work there, they're doing... The first one blew my mind. I actually liked it. Weirdly, I mean, Bloodstained, the, the Metroidvania was big and good, and I played through yeah, that. yeah. yeah. You know, it was pretty good. Like, I liked it. I love, you know, Symphony Night, but um, that was pretty good. But I couldn't get over how tight Curse of the Moon was. Mm. Um, I, I, if I had made that, I would be just over the moon. I thought it was just amazing. Um, because, again, I like the way uh, the abilities interplayed, mm-hmm. and the enemies were just interesting and different, which right. whatever little ability that they have. And so they've done the same thing, I think, in Curse of the Moon too. I think it's really good. Nice. So I've been playing that. Cool. Okay. I'll definitely have a look at those then. Uh, I think okay, I'll... well, wait. Yeah. Just so I don't sound super old, um, this is still old, 
but I played Infamous Second Son. Oh, so that's wow. actually a big game. And actually, yeah. beat it. it took me forever, but I actually just beat that about a week or two ago. Yeah, I'm so still, um, I'm still uh, currently at the time of recording, plan my way through Assassin's Creed um, Valhalla. Cool. I heard that was good. It's very good. 80 yeah. hours, though. Still <laughs> barely. Uh, it's just probably about two thirds through, if I'm lucky. Yeah. Really yeah. being. Oh, mate. Just like. <laughs> Can we... I told you what, the, the second Sun game was good. It had a good story, it had good yeah, acting, yeah. and it wasn't ridiculously long to me. Um, good, yeah. You know, 30 it's hours? Just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is like, just, just so much content. They've just got so... That's crazy. Crazy. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, I'll go off and do this then. Two hours later. Oh, come on! Just... <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, I'm not, I mean, I'm not disliking my experience of it. It just keeps going. Anyway... Yeah. Let's move on to the second half of the show where we delve deep into Shoot 1UP DX. Nathan, before we can talk about Shoot One Up DX, we need to ask you the basic question, or request really, in your own words, can you describe for us what is Shoot One Up DX? Shoot One Up is a vertical scrolling top-down shoot 'em up with a twist. You actually play all your ships at the same time. So when you collect a new one up, you get a new ship. There is no main ship, as people always think. When you all your ships blow up, the game is over. Yeah, that's um, we're going to get into that, but that really blew my mind because up until then, um, I was playing some Gradius Four on the PS2. That was fun, and then just like you know, there's all sorts of different like traditional lefty righty up and downy shooters. I call them. I know the scrolling shooters, but you didn't know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just found it fascinating when I started playing Shoot One Up. Is um, wait. Where's all my... Lo- oh, my God, they're all on the screen. <laughs> and that, I almost put the controller down going, I'm going to cancel. This is terrible. Like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine, Chris. It'll be totally <laughs> fine. But it did go against every Neo Geo shoot I've ever played. <laughs> yes. And I've played quite a few of them. Last resort, say. rest in peace. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm going to ask you about 
that concept, you know, the concept of flying a squadron or a flotilla or an armada, if you like, of ships in Shoot One Up. How did this come about? I have to ask. What, 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 were you, what was your thinking behind this concept of throwing all of the lives at the player and go, don't die? <laughs> um, I mean, basically, I always like to play classic style games, but I want an interesting twist in them. But I don't want them so twisted that they turn into a walking simulator. Like, I don't, I'm personally not going to make a dating sim. And that's fine that those games exist. I'm just not interested in that. But I am interested in doing something where it's a game, you know, an action game that I want to play, but it just has something new in it. And so to that end, uh, I've got a whole, another whole folder full of a bunch of random shoot 'em up ideas, you know. And this one came about, though, weirdly from a, uh, a uh, experimental design week-long project. And it was just put out as a thing. It was actually by one of the guys that did World of Goo. He was running this at the time. And I just jumped into it, and I was like, it was like, I can't remember what the theme was. It was something like multiples or, you know, multiplier or something like that. And it just somehow just came up with it. I was just like, okay. It, it just, But it was that sort of think of something on that topic. So I find that really helpful, which is basically constraints on your, you know, on your imagination rather it's, than a blank sheet. Like now think on this topic. And that mm-hmm. was, I think that's a good yeah. way to go. You know, Absolutely. Creation yeah. is, uh, is actually flourishes in a constrained state. It's a, I think so. It's, it's yeah. A thing. Yeah. You can more constraints you place and things, the more flourishing of, of creativity. You probably get provided. something. Yeah. Yeah. Different direction and something new. So yeah. Yeah, that's one of. Yeah, so from there, yeah, I had a a week long, uh, seven days to kind of put together basically, scrolling the ships, one enemy and a one up. So I got all that working and it was pretty cool. And then that's when I just started making up the the actual content of the game from there. I just mean the the title does give it away on reflection. I should have known better. Like, well, yeah, you're shooting. (laughs) It's just you, one up. (laughs) It's just like you know, you got your quarter or your ten pence pieces. I wasn't as a kid, and like. That's it. So you got like what? Yeah, it's a, don't, don't <laughs> die. Um, the game actually released on Xbox Live Indie Games back in right. 2010, and right. so we did a Steam release. Um, Windows Phone actually, Microsoft actually published it to Windows Phone for us for a while, and now we're doing a remaster. Mm. And but I will say, so we called it the DX version, the deluxe version. Yeah. But I will say the name that was like. That environment of Xbox, Xbox Live Indie Games was hardcore. Like, you had to stand out immediately. Yes. You know what I mean? So I just yeah. picked this weird name that would pop. You know, that's uh, why we went with it. Uh, my, my wife likes to joke. My first name for the game was Actuarial Phalanx. <laughs> <laughs> She's booing from the background. <laughs> Like an actuary, and you got a phalanx, and it was just like I thought that would be a funny name, but she was like, no. So I came up with a more poppy name. Yeah, yeah, probably better now. I thought you know sat right alongside Mount Your Friends because that was you know yeah. that was that was that was a time a game from that era, which people don't remember. Like, yeah, well, of course people remember Mount Your Friends, but bonkers yeah. game. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I can see where it's sort of flourishing in that environment, and. Um, so I'm going to talk about another gameplay aspect of uh, Shoot One Up was um, changing direction. Uh, it happens. Yeah. For a minute you go left and right, and then it goes. Maybe you want to go up and down. Now, granted, it's not the first time it happened in a Shoot Em Up. I'm not going to take that away from you, but or we'll, we'll add to you. But 
right. with 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 shoot one up, it's it's really common. Whereas in other games, it's just like this might happen. Don't know. All depends if you pick up a power up or something, and we just throw it at you to confuse you. But for shoot one up, it's a it's a thing. It's a feature. How did this come about? Yeah, I mean, that was like so. Like in Life Force, it changes to a vertical scroller. You know, every other, you know every couple of levels, and then in this one yeah. though. It was coming from the idea of giving you more options. And so what happens is <clears throat> about halfway through every level, um, there's six levels. The game's six levels long. But about halfway through every level, it'll give you a chance to go to the right, basically, and do a new version of scrolling, either horizontal or um, free flight. And that is the hard mode. And so basically the idea is I like this idea of branching paths. And I put it in my first game, Weapon of Choice, as well. So in this game and shoot one up DX, you if you pick to the right, it's always hard mode. And what that means is that little flying sequence will be a little bit harder, but also the boss will have more health or more enemies helping him. And then it gets really crazy in the DX version, the, re- the remaster. We finally got to the point where there's now extra levels. So when you go to the right, you have the chance to get to basically like level two prime or level four prime. There's an extra level. It's not better or worse, just totally different. All new enemies. We put like 12 new enemies and two new bosses into the game. So it's just new content, and um, I really like that. Uh, one of my favorite shooters is the Darius series. So Darius has that giant yes. system. Yes, I was playing um, Darius 2 on the Saturn recently. That was nice. That was awesome. So yeah, I love Darius Gaiden. I love Darius Gaiden. I finally felt like it really got there. It's not well balanced because mm. no. uses the black hole bomb constantly, but it's gorgeous looking and there's tons mm. of crazy monsters. So I'm kind of yeah, I'm pretty big into Darius Gaiden. But the branching is really cool. Mm. So mm. that was my smaller game version of that sort of. So we got yeah. eight levels total, by the way, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the the armada or the the, the 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 squadron of ships that you have your lives, if you like. Uh, it can change shape, everyone. You can you can make it bigger or smaller. And uh, knowing when to condense it and when to spread it out is really important uh, to be successful in Shoot One Up, in the harder areas, certainly. What do you do in Shoot One Up to advise the player without bludgeoning them over the head like, you know, Assassin's Creed, you're talking about one-and-a-half-hour tutorials? What, do you, what are the subtle messages you give to the player apart from sort of yelling at them saying, maybe you should spread out here, maybe you should be more condensed. What are the kind of things have you done in the design to encourage them to think tactically about where they are and how big they are? So at the very beginning of the game, there is an interactive tutorial, lasts about a minute or so, and it mm-hmm. shows you all the buttons. Yeah. And so it forces you to actually expand your ships. And once you do that and you shoot, you get a mega shot called the plasma auger. Yep. To me, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I would call all these things intuitive. So if you see, it just works together. It just like dovetails together. So basically, if you expand apart and shoot, you get a giant energy beam. So that's clearly very strong. But if you're tighter, you can dodge bullets better. And that's about the that's about the size of it. So to me, those are intuitive. You know what I mean? So that a player will know that. When they're getting just they, – they, a lot of players actually play pretty conservatively at first. When they're getting showered with bullets, they start hiding. you know. But they, they clump together and they hide. But then they – if you expand, you get this giant laser. 
Um, now, we also throw some more stuff at you, which is basically, I, I try to encourage it even more. The If you have your ships spread apart, you get a multiplier on your score. So there's that. And then there's one more layer. I added a new thing, which I think is pretty cool. I personally don't like games when there's no reason not to shoot. So, um, like, Image Fight is a classic on IRAM, but um, I think, I can't remember, I, I feel like it gives you an auto-shoot button just all the time. I'm like, yes, why would I not want to shoot? And also, ugh, kind of boring, you know what I mean? Like, so in, in Shoot One Up, if you stop shooting for just, even just for a moment, you get what's called the Flash Shield, and it shows up around you, and it actually gets a little bit bigger if you wait. And if you then start shooting the next moment you start shooting, it actually cancels all bullets around you. So yeah. it's not a yeah. bomb, but it cancels bullets. And yeah. it does damage. It does damage to everybody, anything that you're near. So what, what you do is, if you can kill somebody with a flash shield, you get an extra multiplier. So mm. there's two types of multipliers in the game. One for your spread shot, one for the flash shield. If you can flash shield somebody while your ships are spread apart, you can get crazy points. So, But it's pretty hard to do. So that was the idea, to intuitively try to encourage the player to want to do these things. Yeah. Without the hour-and-a-half tutorial. <laughs> Indeed. And that's the point, isn't it? The, the intuitive, to, to, to let the player discover things and think they're, 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 they've beaten your game. So I said, I found exploit. That didn't, no, no. <laughs> You're supposed to... If they think that, mind. that's fine. If they think yeah. that, that's awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, found a, they found a thing that they thought we hadn't... No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to ask a little bit more about one of the things that uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, Robotron and like the risk reward thing. And the way you do that in Shoot One Up um, is um, it's not so much with power ups because power ups and the weapons are linked to your amount of ships you have, which is we've already discussed and fascinating. But here, so you're not chasing after power ups per se, you're chasing after lives. <laughs> So, how have you found balancing that and dropping that in? Because the amount of times I've found myself going, I've only got three ships left. I've really, really screwed up that previous section. Oh, look, there's a one up right in front of a wall of bullets. You know, um, (laughs) and the the fact that it's all—it's not quite. You have to chase after it. It's brilliantly done. (laughs) The way you actually—it's almost like this rubber band, inverse rubber band. We're going, come here. Come here and start chasing That's around the old screen. Style design. They do that all the time in older games, and it drives me crazy in the older games, too. And I was just like, it's right. good. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so how have you found that, you know, in, in you know when when you designed it and, and, and exploited it in the deluxe edition and made it even prettier? Was the, the concept of you not chasing down power-ups, because you're already pretty awesome, uh, provided you got enough lives. So what that whole sort of balancing of, uh, like, going... Because normally... In a shoot 'em up, when you see a one up, and go, do I need it? You do. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Do, yeah. do I need it? I don't yeah. really need that. I'd much rather another an option, please, not one up, because that's just a right. waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, and in, in, in so was, was that the thinking, the fact that you know you you you're you're tied to lives? So, I made another game called Pig Eat Ball. Right. It's very strange. Um, it's an what I call it is an arcade adventure game. Mm-hmm. And so in books, there's often multiple themes. There's themes. To me, that's like games. A lot of times, don't even have a theme past the artistic. 
there's nothing conceptual. Like a lot of times they don't have themes that they kind of carry through the game. So in pig eat ball, be it good or bad, it got good reviews by the way, but be it a good or bad theme. I take barfing through the whole game. So it's not a gross kind of barfing. I know it sounds gross, but basically I keep it going where you actually, you know, you, you, you can barf up your, these little Pac-Man like balls. You can eat them back up and you win the game. The, these other characters actually eat you and barf you out. A lot of things just keep doing these, you know, we keep working with that right. theme. Right. So to me, that focuses your design. Right. Like books, man, like they've got themes. We don't have enough themes. <laughs> like, like, what are you saying about your game? I'm not saying you have to, it's not war and peace or anything, but like, are you doing anything with it? Like if you're making a Castlevania like game, what's the theme? Like, what's the point of this game? Is it revenge? Is he, you know, mm. is he, is it redemption? Is he redeeming himself? Like, is there anything, is it about, you know, the church? Like yeah. what's going on? Like, I don't need story per se, but how about you kind of like latch onto something and carry it through the game? Yeah. So when shoot one up, it's more mechanical. But I just said let's hammer on the one ups. Everything yeah. revolves around that. You know what I mean? I mean? Like it's just. That's just I mean, my good. little joke is when I get another one, or I'll get five ships. I go, oh, red fives here. Thank God for that. We're okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that? Five ships. When, like, yeah. The worst, the worst <laughs> thing is when you get it, it goes upgrade, downgrade, and you're like, yeah, you just exactly. blew up again, and you're like, ah, yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Every time you get, by the way, like if they haven't played it, every time you get five ships. Yeah, all your ships get a new angle on their bullets. They get extra okay. bullets. Yeah, so yeah. it encourages yeah. you to just keep going. But it's not every single ship, you know. No, no, so. no. <laughs> very, very clever stuff. And I just really, I found it. I mean, That's... I played it on PlayStation Five because I actually, as I said to you on emails, that I prefer nice. that controller now. I do like the the Dual Sense. It's lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, and it really works really well with Shoot One Up. So well done to you, sir. Now. Shoot One Up DX. Uh, it was developed by Mummy's Best Games. Love the name of the studio, by the way. Where did it come from? My weird childhood. I don't know. We go. just like, yeah, just our, my buddy and my, like my, my buddy and I would joke about how our moms are the best. And All like right. Make the best, she makes the best cookies. Yes. You know, what if she made games? The, yeah. the joke really is that our games are not anything that any mom would want to play or exactly. approve of. There's yeah. like naked robot women and there's nasty slathering monsters. You know, it's a little bit yeah. of a contrast. It's, it's, it's irony at a yeah, base exactly. level, but it, it's good. Yeah. I, I approve. And uh, yeah, my mother's uh, always, always great at uh, sausage rolls. So there you go. I totally agree nice. that. So um, it's out now. I just want to make sure I get platforms right. It's yeah. out on Windows PC, isn't it? So it's on it's on PS4, PS5, yes. it's on Nintendo Switch, and it's on yes. Xbox One worldwide. Um, yep. It's in the Americas and EU on the other two mm -hmm. systems. Uh, Japan, okay. Asia, it's a little bit tricky for me to do all those. So we haven't gotten there yet. Um, it's everywhere for five ninety nine in your currency. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like American five ninety nine U U.S. dollars, five ninety nine euro, which I know is yeah. a little bit of, of a mean thing. But I looked at the industry and everybody does that. I don't know why. <clears throat> In pounds, I think it's about two pound eighty or maybe three quid. But yeah. yeah, I get I get reviews all over the place. Yeah, they yeah. say it's too cheap. They say it's too expensive. <laughs> I, I think that's probably good then. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, about right. Yeah, yeah. About so right. I get about multiple right. reviews all over the place. So anyway, it's a it's a nice uh, shoot 'em up. Um, it's only you know six six euro, so go for it. Um, now the Steam question, the PC mm. question. Uh, 
the remastered content is not on Steam yet. Right. But I'll tell you a secret. Yes. <laughs> which is uh, I will be bringing the remastered content back to Steam for free. Oh, uh, but it's going to be a little go. bit because right. it's taking like a lot of work to do the console versions. Yeah, I understand. I and understand. I say I say versions, which is we're doing our other two big action games from the Xbox Live Indie, Day, Indie Games Days. Right. Uh, Explosion ADX is actually in pre-order right now on Xbox One, and it's coming out March 18th. And Weapon of Choice DX, uh, we're, we're working on in the next couple months. Nice. So nice. eventually, I'm going to bring it all back to Steam. It just takes a while. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So, Nathan, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's awesome. Th- yeah, thank you for sharing all your background and knowledge about the creation of Shoot One Up. Um, it's, a, you know, it's a fabulous game, and we, we're big fans here at Kane and Rinse of Shooters. Uh, we, we, we have a stream that someone's actually going through Gradius 5 at the moment on PS2. Solid. And that's a that's a slog, my friend. A good one, but it's a slog. <laughs> that's a treasure um, game that I wish there was more variety in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, all the enemies look like robot things with eyes. I get the core yeah. thing, and that's a Gradius thing. Yeah. But it wasn't as crazy as, like, some older Gradius games. I really liked yeah. it, though. It's good. It's, I think it, that does green it... slime level was one of my favorites. But, yes. Um, yeah, it's all very salamander was, I thought that was really inspired. Yeah. yeah. I just found the... Uh, it's amusing when the computer's... Or the, the voice says, oh, shoot the core after the fifth boss. Like, yeah. we know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got it by now. But, yeah. uh, no, it's been wonderful having on the show. More than welcome to come back to chat about... Any new stuff you come out, obviously, there's lots of stuff done. And we do have lots of return guests. So, uh, yes, but um, until then, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canonrinse.com.